Good morning. Welcome to the Grove Point United Methodist Church. My name is David Cootie. I am your worship God for this Sunday. I have a couple of announcements. After the bulletin announcement, I have one announcement, and after that, the Boy Scout will be coming to host the flag. These are the announcements I have for this morning. Today is Scout Sunday. We welcome the Scout Troop to worship and their participation with us. There will be a cookie reception following the service in the fellowship hall. Lenten Bible study. A new Bible study starts Thursday, February 15 at 6.30 p.m. This will continue each Thursday evening through Lenten. Scholarship applications. Anyone interested in applying for a, for a college scholarship, please contact the church office for an application. Applications are due by April 15. Easter flowers. If you would like to purchase a flower or flowers to, to decorate a sanctuary for Easter, please use the insert in the bulletin. Orders and money are due February 25th, 2024. Reflective Wednesday. The sanctuary will be open to anyone for reflection, prayer, and communion the next five Wednesdays from 7 to 10 a.m. and from 4 to 7 p.m. Missions Committee. The next meeting will be Wednesday, February 21st at 6 p.m. Anyone interested in the mission is welcome to attend. Collection for the homeless. We are collecting socks, hats, and gloves for the homeless. Donation can be placed in the tote at the greeter station. That ends the announcement in the bulletin. We have one more announcement, and after that, the Boy Scouts will host the flag. Good morning. Um, my name is Jeannie Hinkle. I am one of the uh, co-chairs for the Staff Parish, for those of you who don't know who I am. We had a nice surprise planned last Sunday for somebody who is actually a 25-year employee, someone who has been an employee of this church for 25 years, someone who's done everything above and beyond anything any of us have ever asked her to do. Uh, we planned a nice surprise for her last week, and I could count on one hand the times this employee has missed church. And she had to do it on the day when we had something special planned. So Terry, on behalf of the Staff Parish and our congregation, and especially your choir, we gave you flowers last week. That was a nice surprise, it too, was. that got ruined. But that's OK. It's OK. That's how you do things around here. <laughs> so we would like to present you with something here. And you can pull that one out, and maybe the rest of them you can look out later. We gathered up cards and, and uh, <laughs> I love it. And so you. Thank you, Terry, for everything you do for this church and have continued to do through everything that we've been through. So we love you, love you, love you. 
I wish we had time to tell some stories, but since we didn't no do it last now. week, no stories. we don't have time. No. But we love you. We love you so. And God knows I don't like surprises, so maybe he was looking out for me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you all. It's truly a labor of love. Thank you all. No speech. We're now welcome to Boy Scouts. Post the colors. Please join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Order arms. You may be seated. Let us join together in a breakthrough prayer. Amazing God, we pray that through the Holy Spirit, your preferred future for growth or United Methodist Church will be made clear to us. Give us the courage we need to follow you wherever you may take us. We ask that you bind us together in love so that we can bring the good news of Jesus Christ to our friends, family, and community. Open our eyes so that we may see the amazing things you are already doing among us. Amen. We now have the prelude.
morning for our opening song, I Stand Amazed in the Presence. <laughs> our God. Send your spirit upon us. We come from many places with many burdens. Send your spirit upon us. We turn our hearts to you, O God. Send your spirit upon us. 
and make us your beloved family. Thank you. You may be seated. We come before you, O God, your wayward children. We confess to you our love, our worldly goods. We prefer to live by bread alone rather than your life-giving word. We confess to you that we do not trust in your saving love. We test and question your presence in our lives. We do not see your angels that surround us. We confess to you that we worship worldly power and success. We ignore those who need. We believe that it is we, rather than you, who has charge over the world. Forgive us our sins and weakness and set us on the path for health and wholeness that can be found, found in you. May we worship and serve you only, now and forever. Amen. These are the words of assurance. As we walk this Lenten journey, we do so with the God of love. Our God accepts us when we turn away from sin and turn towards new life in God. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, may you grow in grace. The first scripture reading for this morning comes from the first book of Peter, chapter 3, verses 18 through the 22nd. First Peter 3, 18 through 22. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. 
After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits. To those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built, in it only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the re resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. The words of the Lord. And now is the time in which we can come before the Lord and share with one another our joys and concerns. If you have a prayer concern, I would invite you to fill out one of the blue prayer cards that should be located in your worship bulletin. If you are watching online, you can send us a prayer concern uh, through email at prayer at groveparkumc.org. Uh, you can send a prayer concern uh, anytime during the week uh, to that same email address and, and be assured that uh, somebody will be praying for you and with you. Uh, also, uh, if you just want to give us a call, uh, you can call the church office and talk to Nancy, and, and she can get you on the prayer concern list as well. Let us now quiet our hearts and minds for prayer. our prayers to the Lord. If you feel so led, you may come forward and, and kneel at the prayer rail and, and somebody will be there to pray with you. Let us now go to the Lord in our time of prayer.
Lord, as we enter this most holy season of Lent, remind us once again of your love, a love that knows no bounds, a love that was willing to sacrifice on our behalf. Lord, we thank you for the gift of Jesus, the gift of his ministry, the gift of his teachings, the gift of his life. Lord, on this day, we raise to you a few of the concerns and needs that are on our hearts this day. Lord, we lift to you all of those who are currently fighting cancer. We lift to you Becky and Tom, Jack and Joyce, Doris and Bobby. Susan. And Lori. Odell's aunt. And all of those who we know who are battling cancer. We, we pray, Lord, that your healing hand will bring wholeness into each of their lives in whatever form that may present itself. Lord, in your mercy. guidance to be with them. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we, we pray for Nancy's dad, who is 95 years old and is currently undergoing uh, medical issues. And, and we pray that you will surround him and his family with love. Lord, in your mercy. to you, Joey, who is 18 years old and has, has suffered some, some seizure-like activity. We, we, we pray for him that the doctors will be able to proper, properly diagnose him and, and that he will be able to uh, continue uh, leading his life the, with all of its plans and excitement. Lord, in your mercy, And Lord, we raise to you Jen's aunt, uh, Betty, who has health issues. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we pray for Domer's sister-in-law, who had a shoulder replaced. Lord, in your mercy. 
Lord, we pray for Kelly's cousins, um, David, who had emergency surgery recently, and his wife, who also recently broke her hip. We pray for your healing hand to be with both. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we, we continue to pray for 15-year-old Alex, who recently uh, had a, a stroke while awaiting a heart transplant. We, we just pray, Lord, that, that he will find a, a heart donor and, and that he will be able to recover from this this very serious issue. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we, we pray for all of those who recently had surgeries or, or illnesses, uh, for Cynthia and, and Ron. For Lori, for Bill, Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for the Bates family. You know what their needs are. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for Ruth and Bob that you would would help them in their time of need. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we lift to you, Jim, who has heart problems. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we, we pray for those who are currently in, in hospice care. We remember uh, Beth, who is nearing the end of her time here and and we, we just pray that you be with Julie and Ron as they uh, tend to her in her last moments and Lord make her not afraid to go home to you Lord in your mercy and Lord we also lift to you uh, Tom Lori, Lord, uh, who are also uh, in hospice care. Lord, you will be with them through the remainder of their time, and, and, and we just ask that you take from them any fear, guilt, or worry they may have. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we pray for mission trips to Liberia in March, that, that good things will happen from that. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we thank you for uh, all that you do for us, and we now raise to you that uh, simple prayer that Jesus taught us so very long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, 
and the power and the glory forever. come to the time of tithes and offering. The three ways you can give in our church. One, you can give online. Two, you can do the old-fashioned way of mailing your checks or your offerings into the church. And three, if you're here physically present, you can put your offering into the place that will be passed around. I will now ask the ushers to please come forward. If it reads like addiction, if it reads like 
Everything that we have comes, everything that we have comes from you. We now return a small portion of your gifts to us to follow your kingdom. May these tithes and offerings help to spread the gospel far and wide. In the name of the King of Kings, we pray. Amen. Would the children like to come up for our children's moment? morning. Don't we sound enthusiastic? <laughs> wow. All right. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever done something super fun? No, never done anything fun? Yeah? What'd you do fun? You went to the trampoline park for your birthday? Big fun. What'd you do? Cutting wood. Well, I'm glad you had a good time doing that. If you'd like to come to my house. Yeah, send them over. What else did, did somebody do that was super fun? You mowed, you mowed the lawn? It is pretty snowy now. Did you do something fun? You prayed to God? Good job. You prayed to God too? All right, good job. 
All right. Oh, there's a sermon in that somewhere. So what do you do when you want to remember something super fun that you did? Or super important that you don't want to forget? What, do you, what can you do? You do lots of stuff. Like what? What could you do if, if you wanted to remember something super important that you did? Yeah? Well, let's see. Could you draw a picture of it? Yeah. Um, could you take a picture of it? Yeah. See, I have a picture here I'm going to show you. This is a picture of a play that I did when I was your age. Which one am I? Uh, I'm the, I'm the good-looking one. It's you. You did grow up, especially since this would have been like 1981-ish. Yeah. Um, so I am the guy in the back row with one bunny ear, and I don't know why I only had one ear, and everybody else had two. But I see somebody else with one ear, and I have a suspicion my mom took one of my ears to give it to that girl. That's what I'm thinking happened. I don't know that for a fact, but I, I, I'm going to blame her for why I only have one ear on there. But we took a picture to remind us of something fun we did. Well, Jesus did something super fun and super important in his life, and that is he had a special dinner with his friends. And we call that the Last Supper. And Jesus wanted to remember this dinner. He wanted to remember uh, what they did. Now, did Jesus have a camera? No. no, he didn't have a camera. So what did he do so they could always remember their time together? Well, he had them reenact the meal every time they were together. They had some bread, and so whenever his friends got together without him, they would have that bread, and remember that time they had that bread with Jesus, and they had some juice. And uh, every time the friends were together and had juice just like they had with Jesus, they would remember their time with Jesus. And we call this Holy Communion. So Holy Communion, which we're going to be doing in just a little bit, uh, one of the things it does for us is it reminds us of that dinner way long ago that Jesus had with his friends. We call them the disciples, okay? So just remember when you take communion here later on in the worship service that uh, when we do that, we are doing that uh, so we can remember what Jesus did, okay? All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for these wonderful young uh, people, and we pray that they're going to have a good week. They're going to learn a lot uh, in school and in life, and keep them safe and bring them back to us next week. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, you guys can go off to junior church if you want. <laughs>
This morning, our second scripture reading is taken from the book of Mark, chapter 14, verses 12 through 26. Mark 14, 12 through 26. And it reads thus. On the first day of the festival of the unliving bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go and make preparation for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, telling them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house he enters, the teacher asks, where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparation for us there. The disciples left, went into the city and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at a table eating, he said, Truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were silent, and one by one they said to him, Surely, you don't mean me? It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe unto that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to, his, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. The words of the Lord. Lord, as your scriptures are read and proclaimed this day, we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that our hearts, our minds, and our very lives may be transformed by your holy word. Thank you for your gift of scripture, we pray. Amen. 
All right. Last Sunday marked the end of a very important season. The NFL season is now over. <laughs> but do not fear. The 2024 season, if you count the, pre, the preseason, is going to begin in like four months, five months, right? Because it, it comes in August. How many of you watched the Super Bowl last week? How many of you stayed up to watch the very end of the Super Bowl? See, I always do that. I went to bed. I didn't care who won. The only thing I knew is I was getting cranky, and for everyone's best interest, I needed to go to sleep. It was the end of a season last week. But last Sunday wasn't just the end of the NFL season. It was the end of a season in church life that we call ordinary time. Not because nothing goes on. There's always something going on in our church. Just ask Nancy, who has to type the bulletin. But ordinary in, in the sense of ordinal or time, right? First Sunday after the Epiphany. Second Sunday after the Epiphany. I, I, I don't think we write that in our bulletin anymore. Uh, I know growing up, I always thought that was funny. You know, it's the 32nd Sunday after Epiphany or whatever. But last Sunday marked the end of that season. And today, we have entered into a new season. A season called Lent. Lent is a 40-day season in the life of the church in which we prepare ourselves spiritually, emotionally, mentally for Easter. It is that time in church life in which we, as Christians, think about what Jesus did for us. And we focus on that final 24 hours of Jesus' life. Perhaps the most important 24 hours in the history of the world. So over the next few weeks of Lent, we will be looking at that final 24 hours of Jesus' life. From that intimate meal that he shared with his friends, the disciples that we call the Last Supper, through his death on the cross. We will be looking at that last day. Because it is only by looking at those final 24 hours of Jesus' earthly life can we fully understand and grasp the importance and the power of Easter morning. So today we are going to start at the beginning of that final, or final 24 hours of Jesus' life with the Last Supper. Jesus had arrived in Jerusalem uh, for the Passover uh, celebration. The Passover celebration is the biggest, most important celebration in the life of the Jewish faith. It is a remembrance of how God saved the Jewish people from captivity in Egypt. And Jesus and his disciples had walked uh, about 75 miles uh, from their 
home base in the Galilee to Jerusalem. When Jesus got to Jerusalem, he was greeted by some enthusiastic fans. Uh, he had a, a little tiff, if you will, at the temple where he saw people taking advantage of worshipers. And uh, he called a few people some, some names, like a brood of vipers. Jesus healed while he was there, and he taught while he was there. As the week progressed, Jesus sent two of, of his disciples on ahead of the group. He sent them on to find a place for them to, to, to celebrate an important part of Passover, the Seder meal. Jesus and his 12 disciples gather in an upper room, the same room that just a short time in the future, the disciples will be there and, and, and experience the coming of the Holy Spirit on what we call Pentecost. Jesus and his disciples gather in this room for this meal. Now, when we think of this meal, we often think of the uh, uh, picture of, of, uh, uh, of the last meal painted by Leonardo da Vinci. And you would be seeing that on the screen right now if I hadn't sent Brian the wrong picture. If you're wondering why you're looking at that picture, it's because I don't know what I'm doing. But we all know the picture that I'm talking about, don't we? And we, 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 we picture Jesus and his disciples sitting at a table. Uh, of course, in, in that particular painting, they're all sitting on one side of the table. Uh, my guess is it's because da Vinci didn't want to paint the back of somebody's head. But that's not really the way that the meal would have gone down. See, the way it would have worked is they would have been sitting at a, a, a table that was very low to the ground. And then they, there were mats or, or pillows around that table. And the way you ate during the time of Jesus is you would recline. And I would show it to you, except I probably wouldn't be able to get back up off the ground. Some of you are, are, are like, man, I'd really like to see that. Right. Huh? This one. Thank you. Yes, that picture. Um, and, you know, they're sitting there in, in chairs. But in, in, in reality, they were, you know, leaning like this. And their feet would be out behind them, and you would eat like this, which then explains the, the, the stories of, uh, of Jesus and and uh, 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 the, the woman coming and, and, and washing his feet and putting you know, oil on it. Uh, well, she wasn't under the table. She was behind him, right? Their, their, their feet went this way. 
and Jesus would be sitting there, and that the person on this side right here would be the seat of honor, and this other side of him would also be a seat of honor. And if you remember, that the disciples had an argument once as to who was going to be in the seats of honor next to Jesus. So it makes more sense now when we think about it that way. And the meal they were having, as I said, was more than likely the Seder meal. The, the Seder meal contains uh, uh, symbolically important uh, food items. I, I think we, we had a Seder meal last uh, um, uh, year uh, during Holy Week. Um, and it, it contained a, a number of important items, such as bitter herbs, which uh, reminded uh, the um, uh, 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 Jewish uh, people of the bitterness that their ancestors had experienced in Egypt. Uh, they would uh, dip those herbs into salt water uh, to represent the tears of their ancestors. Um, they ate this pureed apple mixture, uh, which um, um, looked like the mortar that the Israelites had made bricks for Pharaoh. And I just have to stop there real quick because I do have a story about that uh, apple mixture. Uh, I, uh, I was at a church. We were doing a Seder meal. I didn't know what I was doing. I know. Imagine that. And it was my job to, to make that apple uh, mixture. And part of it is you mix up, you know, the, the apples and the nuts and stuff, and then you put wine on it. Well, I didn't know anything about wine. And I didn't know how much to use. It didn't say in the instructions I was given. So I put all of that in a big old mixing bowl. And then I took two bottles of wine and just emptied them into the mixing bowl and stirred it, put a, some, some plastic over it, sat it in the church refrigerator, and the church ladies came over to get ready. And they opened up the top and they go, oh my goodness, Pastor Rick, what did you do? And I said, I don't know. Well, I, I, I made the, the, uh, the, the apple stuff. And they're like, the apples are floating in wine. And they literally had to strain them before they served it. But you know what? Nobody complained. <laughs> they also, uh, uh, an egg is served as a symbol of new birth, new life, which is very similar to the reason we have eggs at Easter. Uh, and then... Uh, the unleavened bread, which is a reminder of the haste in which the Israelites escaped from Egypt. There would then be a lamb, and the way it would work is you would buy a lamb, and uh, Jesus sent uh, two of his disciples to the temple. Uh, you would take the lamb, you would present it to God. The priests would then kill the lamb and slaughter it and then take, take a small portion of that uh, as your, your uh, offering to God, give you the, the remaining part of that lamb, and you would then come back and cook that, and that would be your meat um, uh, for the meal. And it reminded the people of the, the, the blood of, of, of the lamb that was used during the original Passover where the Israelites took the blood and put it over their doorpost so the angel of death would pass them over, if you remember that story from Exodus. And then there would be four small cups of wine, a reminder of God's four promises to redeem the Israelites in, in Exodus 6. 
This was an important meal. It, it was a festive meal. It, it was uh, a time of, of eating, a, a time of reflection, and, and a time in which one is just happy to be with those they love. And it was during this meal that Jesus said something that was so provocative. It, it shook the disciples to their core. He said, truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one of you who is eating with me right now. And all the disciples said, surely not me, Jesus. You don't mean I'm going to betray you. Jesus, Jesus simply said, one of you who is eating with me now, who is dipping the bread into the wine with me now, will betray me. When I think of this part of the story, I am reminded of how I have betrayed Jesus. I think we've all betrayed Jesus in one way or another, in our attitudes, in our actions. But you know, it can be comforting to think that, oh, it wasn't my sin that nailed Jesus to the cross, but you know what? It is. It is. It was my sin that nailed Jesus to that cross. It was my sin that Jesus died for. It was my sin that Jesus was thinking of as he hung there and died. It was my sin that Jesus was willing to pay the ultimate price to forgive. And as we partake in this holy meal in just a couple of moments, let us never forget that. That what we are commemorating, what we are participating in once again, is the meal in which we acknowledge that Jesus died for our sin. That Jesus died for us. He died not for sin in some abstract Form. Jesus died for my sin, what I do, how I hurt others, how I hurt God. You know, Jesus transformed this meal that we are talking about this day into our story. Because as that meal became our Holy Communion. It has caused us, each time we partake of it, to remember that someone saved us. It causes us to realize that our freedom has come at a cost, and it helps us to understand that God, walking in human flesh, flesh suffered and died for us. My friends, as we partake in Holy Communion, let us never forget that it is a reminder of a real meal.
that occurred so long ago. It's a reminder of God's love for us. It is a reminder of Jesus' sacrifice for us. And it is a reminder that through Jesus, through his death and resurrection, our sins have been forgiven and we have hope of new life right here, right now, and the life to come. The final 24 hours of Jesus' life began with a meal. Our new life can also begin with a meal if we but open our hearts to its meaning, to its power, and to the Spirit of God that is here with us this day. Let us pray. Lord, as we prepare to take Holy Communion this day. Allow your spirit to open our hearts to its true meaning. Not just a ritual that we and the church have done for 2,000 years, but as a way of both commemorating and participating in the transformation that you caused in the world. The forgiveness of our sins, the hope. So Lord, allow this to be a special time in our lives. Thank you for dying for us. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and a joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You brought all things into being and called them from the dust of the earth, you formed us into your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. When rain fell upon the earth for 40 days and for 40 nights, you bore up the ark on the waters, saved Noah and his family, and made covenant with every living creature on earth. When you led your people to Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights, you gave us your commandments and made us your covenant people. When your people forsook your covenant, your prophet Elijah fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and on your holy mountain he heard your still small voice. 
And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. When you gave him to save us from our sin, your spirit led him into the wilderness where he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights to prepare for his ministry. When he suffered and died on a cross for our sins, you raised him to life, presented him alive to the apostles during 40 days, and exalted him at your right hand. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Now, when we, your people, prepare for the yearly feast of Easter, you lead us to repentance for sin and the cleansing of our hearts, that during these 40 days of Lent, we may be gifted and graced to reaffirm the covenant you made with us through Christ. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread. He gave thanks to you. He broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. Gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, O honor and glories is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. This is the body of Christ broken for you. And this, this is the blood of Christ shed for you. All is now ready. We will be taking communion by intinction, which means in a bit, you will be asked to come forward. You will first 
take a piece of bread. You would then dip that bread into the juice and take both elements together. We, of course, practice open communion, which means that all who feel led are invited to partake. I would like to ask those who will be helping to serve communion to come forward. All is now ready. You may come.
Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this. Important meal, which once again reminds us of your love and your care for us. Lord, we lay before you now our sins, ask for your forgiveness, and accept the grace that you have given to us through your son, Jesus. Thank you for the new life we can have through him. In his name we humbly pray. Amen. Well, let's stand and join in our final song.
Go now to serve the Lord and one another. Amen.